Welcome to Unity of Fairfax, a positive path for spiritual living and spiritual center for education, practice, and service in Northern Virginia. We hope you find inspiration in this week's message. Anybody here remember the 60s? I know I think pretty much almost all of us were there. Exactly. Uh, there were a lot of big events that happened in that particular decade. And uh, sometimes, though, it's the small ones that make the greatest impact. A short video here from Neil Ford talks about how just one small event made all the difference in light of the big ones. People think we're more divided as a country now than we've been in a long time. I know it can seem that way, but when I was a little kid in 1969, the Vietnam War was tearing the country apart. And they'd shot John F. Kennedy and they'd shot Bobby Kennedy. They'd shot Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. And there was the Manson family and the Zodiac Killer, and it just felt like the whole country had lost its mind. My father had grown up in the Depression where his faith in humanity was just at a low ebb. And the two of us that June were driving from L.A. to Oakland in our old 1960 Oldsmobile, and the water pump blew out south of Bakersfield. And so this was long before cell phones, so we were about, well, we were going to have to hoof it like nine or ten miles into town when this young cowboy pulls up in a flatbed and offers to tow us in. And all my dad had on him for money was this old Chevron gas card, so he kept telling this young fellow, you know, I can't pay you. And the young cowboy's looking at him like, yeah, I wasn't going to charge you. So he rolls us into town, and this is a Sunday, so nothing's open. So he has to go get his mechanic friend to open up his garage. And my dad says, hey, listen, I don't have any money. And the mechanic says, you know, we'll work something out. And then they all realize they don't have the actual parts. So now they got to go roust out the local auto parts store owner. And they bring him down. And my father's like, okay, okay. We need to talk about how this is all going to get settled. Because he just couldn't imagine anybody being this trusting about the money. So the cowboy says, look at it and make it feel better. I got a bunch of watermelons I need to get loaded onto my flatbed. And it's pretty hot work. And if you help me out, I'll pay for the part. So next thing you know, we're all unloading watermelons from inside a rail car, and that's about 140 degrees. And 90 minutes later, we are soaked in sweat, and up rolls the car, just run like a top. And my dad says, I really don't know how to thank you, fellas, and uh, for this good turn. And we're turning to go, and the mechanic gets this look on his face, and says, whoa, whoa, where do you think you're going? And you could see on my father's face, just all the fear and distrust come to the surface. He stiffened like a leopard, and the mechanic says, no, no, no. My wife's going to make us all Sunday dinner, and you and the boy can get a shower and a clean shirt, and it'll, it'll make the drive easier for all of us. So we sat down for a dinner of fried chicken from the chicken right over there and corn on the cob from the corn right over there. Man, I got to tell you, I, 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 we'll never have a meal that good ever again. And my dad didn't say maybe three words the whole drive, but when we got home, I got into bed, and I was just about to turn off a light, and he stops in the doorway, and he says to me, no matter what you see in the movies, or on TV, or you read in the papers, you listen to me. That's how people really are. And about a month later, Neil Armstrong walked on the moon. So, keep the faith. Can I get an amen? Yeah. That's how people really are. And we can always be kind. Wow. So this is our sixth week in the seven-week Vibrant and Victorious series. 
And as we've been saying all along, it is very important for us to know the facts of the matter so we can apply the truth to the matter. So that we can know whatever limiting ideas or thoughts we're dealing with so that we might let them go and live a life of abundance. And what we're talking about is, is a life of release and affirmation. And as we saw in the video, Niels Ford's father needed to let go of the thought that I always have to pay for everything. There's got to be a catch. So that he could accept the idea, people are kind. People want to help. Even in the midst of whatever the big picture issues of the day are. So in this series, we've been looking at a variety of polarities, and we've looked at self-acceptance and shame and redemption and guilt, enthusiasm and apathy, wisdom and ignorance, and last week we looked at curiosity and fear. And if you missed any of those, they are available on the website. Just click on archive videos. And today we want to do a deep dive into the spiritual brass tacks by leaning into the polarity of love and hatred. Well, clearly we have ditched the rose-colored glasses, haven't we? We're going in. So what do you think when you hear Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King's quote, hate is too great a burden to bear. I have decided to stick with love. I mean, what do you think? How does that make you feel? You know, this talk was taken from a, a message he delivered to the Southern Christian Leadership Conference 54 years ago this month. And, and it was entitled, Where Do We Go From Here? He was giving encouragement to tired workers in the civil rights movement. And he said, now, in order to answer the question, where do we go from here, which is our theme, we must honestly recognize where we are right now. Always the question, life is lived in the now. The power is in the now. What's happening right now? And even though the facts that he shared in this message were sobering, his answer, which was love, was very inspiring. And I just want to share just a little snippet from it. And he said, And I say to you, I have also decided to stick to love. For I know that love is ultimately the only answer to mankind's problems. And I'm going to talk about it everywhere I go. I know it isn't popular to talk about it in some circles today. That would also be 2021. I'm not talking about emotional bosh when I talk about love. I'm talking about a strong, demanding love. And I've seen too much hate. I've seen too much hate on the faces of sheriffs in the South. I've seen hate on the faces of too many Klansmen and too many white citizens, counselors in the South, to want to hate myself because every time I see it, I know that it does something to their faces and their personalities. And I say to myself that hate is too great a burden to bear. I have decided to stick with love. And the beautiful thing is that when is that we are moving against wrong when we do it, because as John said, which was right, God is love. He who hates does not know God. But he who has love has the key that unlocks the door to the meaning of ultimate reality. Man, wow. Amen. A message for his time, a message for that time, a message for our time. 
So if we are using our life energy to hate somebody or something, what we know is that it stifles, it stymies, and stops us from having a vibrant and victorious life because it keeps us ultimately from knowing God. It keeps us ultimately from knowing the fullness of love that is the creative power of the universe. So maybe you don't hate anybody, nobody in this room or online, but you might know people who do. So let's, let's talk about that for just a moment. What fuels that? What fuels that experience? You know, I'm, I'm going to go into it. I want to I lean into it because I see far too many people suffering on account of hatred and missing out on a vibrant and victorious life. And I want us to lean into it because hatred, light, fear can ultimately be addictive. And addictions cause people to miss out on vibrant and victorious living. And I'm going to for it because hatred's antidote is love. And to quote the incomparable Stevie Wonder from his 1976 double LP, Songs in the Key of Life, loves in need of love today. So that's our job. We have love in action. It was part of our children's lesson. We have love in action as a core value. That's just who we are. So it's time for us to own and engage more than we ever have the truth of our being. So one thing to be mindful of at this same time with that is that unity, new thought, and the science of psychology all have roots in the exact same place in the last half of the 19th century. And this is why we put so much emphasis on our minds and our thoughts and our feelings and understanding how our minds work, understanding our feelings and where they come from and understanding that there is a tremendous creative power in thought, which when we align it with love, when we align it with divine wisdom, really creates some pretty awesome stuff. We can also align our minds and our thought power with a different energy. And we see ample examples of that too. But this isn't unique to unity or new thought or even psychology. Buddhism's been teaching this principle for years. You know, with our minds, we create thoughts. With our thoughts, we create words. With our words, we create actions. With our actions, we create experiences, right? So what we want to do is be very intentional and mindful of using our thoughts, using our words, using our actions in very loving ways. Ultimately, so that we might know God. Ultimately, so that we might know ourselves truly and without hubris, but rather humility as individualized expressions of the magnificence of God, co-creators of a world that works for everyone. And that's what motivates me and drives me in this work. As I want to see people thrive and be victorious and happy and healthy and joy-filled. And I want that not just for us and you watching at home, but for everyone. That's the calling of the unity movement. It is enormous. And it is doable. I firmly believe it is doable. 
So let's just do a very quick survey of reasons why people hate. Why would somebody hate somebody else or something else? Well, quite often it's a reaction to an experience they had. I've been harmed, my loved one's been harmed by a group, by a nation, by a country, by a policy, by, a, by a somebody's behavior. And it's like, yeah, okay, it's natural to feel that way. It's like in our children's lesson, Trixie was feeling something and needed to understand why. So sometimes that's a reaction to a, a lived experience. Or sometimes it's a part of a culture. You know, we're in this culture now, if you watch the news media or the info news media, whatever it is, or social media feeds that go on and on and on, that if you like Y, you'll never love X, and X will never have a place in my life. It's like, really? What's this crazy? What, what is that? Or sometimes being in that hate space fills a void in people's life. It gives them a job, something to do. It, uh, and in an unhealthy fashion, fills a purpose for them. You know, okay, I get it. Sometimes people experience hate because they don't even love themselves. For whatever reason, they haven't learned to recognize, I'm a child of God, an individualized expression of all that is cool. They never got that lesson. They got something else. And then start projecting it onto other people. They never learned to love themselves. Or sometimes there's other people or other situations or other countries and they don't understand. And so rather than be curious, we talked about curious last week, they choose to be afraid. And sometimes fear can very easily get translated into aggression. And then we can just start projecting our own shadow and our own poor behaviors and thoughts onto somebody else and blame them and therefore make us feel better. I mean, there's... There's a lot we could go into about this subject. I don't want to because I want us to just recognize there's a lot that goes into it. And so our homework is to get curious about that. But don't go down a rabbit hole with it. Because what I want us to do more importantly is to realize and recognize how can we use this power of love to really make a positive impact? How can we quicken that vibration of empowerment and creativity and grace in the world because we know we have those tools and that power. Well, the first step is always to pray. Charles Fillmore, co-founder of the Unity Movement, said prayer was the most accelerated mind process known to humanity. Because what he was saying is through our prayer, through our meditation, we connect ourselves to this God that is love. And we can heal ourselves in our own points of view and pray for the healing of others if they're acting harmfully towards themselves or to nature or to others as well. Secondly, we want to be curious and educate ourselves. If somebody or something seems peculiar to us and we start feeling angry about it or if we start feeling fearful about it, well, let's learn what's going on. You know, so often we talk about those people over there and that group over there, and we just pick up a bias or a prejudice without ever exploring what is that? Where does that come from? Is that even legitimate? Get curious. Explore. Learn. And lastly, most importantly, whenever we see a, a hate cycle going on, we can be the divine disruptors. I am a divine disruptor. Let's affirm that together. I am a divine disruptor. Absolutely. Hallelujah. So the way we disrupt is by analyzing our own thoughts and feelings. When we feel those negative thoughts, like, like in our children's lesson today, Trixie was invited to explore, why do you feel that way? What do you think about that? What's happening here? 
Let's do some healthy self-discernment and investigation, not to prove anything wrong, but really to see what's right, what's coming to the surface for either healing or transformation. And if there's something going on in the world and we hear hate speech, we can always interject. Well, how else can we see that differently? What else might be going on? Is it possible we have missed something? Thereby disrupting, making a space for love to enter. And most importantly, and the biggest topic of all, is always forgiveness. That is a huge topic, and we should be done by about quarter after five, I think. <laughs> we'll talk about forgiveness always. It is the ultimate service that we do out of self-love. Forgiveness allows us to release a very painful experience, not to repeat it, and not necessarily to reconcile but to be free as an act of love for ourselves. More about that on another day. So I just want to close with a few words from the book of Matthew, the message version. And I often reference this version. It was written in late 20th century English, so it's kind of hip. It's now, it's mod. It's all that and a bag of chips. And this is from um, um, chapter 19, I believe. No, five. Those two numbers get confused in my mind. He says, you're familiar with the old written law, love your friend and its unwritten companion, hate your enemy? I'm challenging that. I'm telling you to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the supple moves of prayer. For then you are working out your true selves, your God-created selves. This is what God does. God gives his best. The sun to warm and the rain to nourish to everyone regardless. The good and the bad, the nice and the nasty. If all you do is love the lovable, what do you expect, a bonus? Anybody can do that, please. If you simply say hello to those who greet you, do you expect a medal? Any run-of-the-mill sinner can do that. In a word, what I'm saying is grow up. You're kingdom subjects. Now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously towards others the way God lives towards you. So how do we counter hatred in the world? We live out our God-centered identities. Because after all, hate is too great a burden to bear. Peace be with you. Namaste. Thank you for tuning into Unity of Fairfax podcast. You're welcome to join us live in Oakton, Virginia, every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Or view our live stream services from our website at unityoffairfax.org. We appreciate your donations to support this podcast to make our message of positive, practical spirituality more accessible to all. See you next time.